How's it going, everybody? Uh, welcome to episode 31 of the Zoopcast. I'm Adam, joined as always by Louis and Josh. And the Sens season is over. Everybody is so oh, no. sad. I don't think anybody's... They fought till the end. <laughs> right until the end of November. They were right there. Um, but yes, the season I is over. I think it might have been done at the beginning of November, even. All right, Louis. And they all had COVID. We don't, need yep. to, we don't need to make it more grim than it already is. Um, but the season's over. They ended it on a high note, actually. It was a nice 4-2 win. Brady got three goals uh, against the uh, the Flyers there. <laughs> Not the in the Flyers. That's, that's a sad... That's a sad state of affairs over there in Philly. Do you see they just uh, Mike Mike Yo's not coming back, eh? For them, Samuel Moray like is forced yeah. to retire. Yeah, that's right. Injuries. Yep. Uh, but anyway, this is not a Flyers podcast. Um, and Provorov is gone. I think we should speculate about Chuck Fletcher probably maybe leaving there. I think we should just that should be the whole tone of the podcast. It's just yeah, Flyers Central. We're gonna do thirty-one other episodes this this uh, off season, or just every team, just one mm-hmm. at a time. We're starting with the Flyers today. <laughs> yep, this is no longer the Zoobcast. This is the I don't know. Yo, the cast. who do they have? The Yandel Cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, the season's over for the Sens, and the playoffs started last night. Um, a lot of great games actually, but uh, but one thing about the season ending for the Sens is that Pierre Dorian does his you know, season ending media availabilities, plural, um, which yeah, is PR Dorian. That's what, I, that's what I said. I was saying we get PR Dorian, like public yeah. relations Dorian quotes. Yeah, yeah. Those are always fun. Adam, you're no fun. You know that? Don't, don't, no, I was correcting myself because you said I said that. And I was trying to say that I was saying something different, Adam. Yeah, come on. All right. Let's just not making a get... fun little pun, Adam. Okay. I don't know why you're so fighting. against these. We're not fighting. It's too early in the episode to do this. I, I shouldn't have booed. But anyway, um, PR Dorian is uh, has done his his media availabilities, and there was a lot to unpack. I won't lie. We were we were looking through it. Uh, we got some good quotes jotted down, some nice points, and we're gonna dissect this here uh, for probably the majority of the episode because after this, it's the off season, like officially for the Sands, and there's not gonna be a lot of, you know talks from the gm or anything like that so this is kind of a pretty important availability um so we're just gonna get started on it right away dorian had a couple of media availabilities he had like the press conference one and then he was on tsn 1200 shortly after um so obviously both of those carried a lot of meaningful quotes where do we want to start here let's do the uh obviously the exit interviews that is what happens at the end of the season with teams that get eliminated they have exit interviews where the upper management talks to the players and the coaches. Um, and it seems like the consensus from everybody, which includes the players and management, Doran said this, is that, you know, they need to add some players here. Like they need to add, which has been well-documented over the course of the year, I think by everybody. Like, yeah, they need another top six forward and they need another top 4D. Um, but, you know, Pierre Dorian is stating this explicitly and he even said, 
you know, he referenced like he needs Shabbat and, and Brady Kachuk to kind of help recruit these guys to Ottawa. Cause it's not, let's be honest here. Ottawa is not the top free agent destination in the NHL. I'm, I'm sure there's a few other cities that players would like to play in for a multitude. You mean with these taxes, bro, I, I'd love to play here. No, I'm just saying the only other city better would be Winnipeg. Very true. true. Yeah. Oh, the great teams I cheer for. In Buffalo, maybe. Oh, great spot. Yeah. Um, But with that being said, there have been players that have been linked to the Sens really all year. Um, As far as top six forwards go, Kevin Fiala has been the guy. And there's been talk that they're going to try to revisit this in the offseason. They tried maybe a bit at the deadline, but it didn't really make sense because Minnesota was going on a playoff push. Um, Louis, Kevin Fiala, thoughts? Good, bad? Should they do it? I think pretty easily good. I mean, I, it'd be, I'd be absolutely ecstatic. We were talking about this earlier, just texting each other. And if he could be a senator, man, we would just be losing our minds. But I don't, like, I'm not even convinced that he's leaving Minnesota. Right. But he, again, he's still in our face. It's not like he absolutely, like, they're completely losing his, uh, like, their grasp on him. And I'm still of the belief that they're more likely currently just with how things are going to maybe trade Dumba to make room for him salary wise and then re-sign Fiala because that would also work um, cap wise without too many, you know, cap gymnastics, like what the lightning have been doing or what Vegas tried to do this year. So I don't even know if he's going to be available. I know his name's been floating around, but if he was available and a possibility for auto, I mean, Bruce Garriock had him as the, as the headline picture for his article yeah. I think today. That's right. So, I guess there's definitely talk there and it would definitely be exciting. That's for sure. And, you know, obviously Josh, like Louis said, it's not a guarantee that Fiala is coming here. There's either other teams that are in on him or he just ends up staying put. Might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but could you think of any other prominent top six players that would be good fits situation wise to come to Ottawa in the off season? Um. You know what? Like a couple months ago, I think I definitely said it on the podcast. I definitely tweeted it. I know for sure. Uh, one name that I liked almost more than Fiala at the time, though not anymore because Fiala had a really good second half of the season, was Brock Besser. Um, I'm not sure how much Bruce Brujo coming in and like making Vancouver a pretty good team changes his availability because I do remember they were fielding calls on a lot of guys early yeah. in the year. But then they almost made the playoffs, right? Like they were in it till the last five, six games until – they got sensed I'm on a yes. little losing streak. Um, but yep. if he's available, he's a guy I'd consider. But just like going back to Fiala, I still think like they have, I don't think people realize how bad of a cap situation they're in because you just kind of say, okay, well, you know, Parisi and Suter are costing them five mil this year in buyout. And, you know, they're up against the cap, whatever. But the the buyout for Parisi and Suter goes from 4.7 to 12.7 next year. Like their cap hit on those two buyouts goes up by $8 million and they're already up against the cap. Yeah. And on top of that, they have no, nobody really expiring other than Fiala, right? Everyone else expiring is a million dollars or less. They got some guys, thankfully for them, Goligoski's cap hit goes down a lot. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like they right, don't Florida's really gonna have... going to be gone, right? Or at least... Well, they, apparently, yeah. He might come back, but at less, yeah. So if we just did the quick quick numbers let's say they, they save two million on flurry he currently costs 2.5 let's say they somehow got him back to 1.5 you're saving two mil you're also saving three million on goligoski so you're saving five and the cap goes up by a mil so you're saving six but then it's going up by 
eight just from the buyouts. So you're still losing $2 million in cap, which puts them over. And they have to re-sign Fiala, who's going to want, he's 5.1 right now. He's probably going to want at least eight to nine, right? With how many he had. So, of course, they could try and move Dumba, especially because they have a couple other pretty good demons, like Inspiration and Brodeen. But we'll see where they want to go. Like, Boldy could be coming up and, you know, taking kind of one of those forward spots in the top six, and they could see that as, like, a replacement almost. I don't know. Rossi's coming up, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, they also have Addison coming up, so you can make the same argument for Dumba, right? Well, Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it so interesting from Ottawa's perspective is, like, Minnesota needs to shed cap, like you just said it. Like, and Fiala is a guy that if they yeah. if they re-sign him, it's going to be at a high price, like you said. Ottawa is a team that's going to have the cap space next year to do it, and they have the current assets to make that trade. Like, they definitely have the assets to make that trade. There's no question about it. Um, yeah. So you have to think from both sides. It kind of makes sense, right, from a Minnesota perspective and an Ottawa perspective. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, and one last example, because you asked me other ideas. This is one that I don't think anyone's really mentioned, but makes sense because of the Ottawa ties a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh, no. We were just talking about Philly rebuilding. I wonder if Travis Konechny is a guy that could end up being moved. He's at mill for three more years after this season, and he's 25 years old. So I could see them wanting to, you know, like, keep him but at the same time if you're rebuilding for three more seasons all of a sudden he's a ufa when your rebuild's done like that that being philly rebuilding for three years so that's right. a guy i wonder to be on the move because that definitely fit into the top six he had the 50 some points this year but again of course really bad team like he's had near point per game seasons before heard it heard it here folks first folks travis connect ottawa senator it's gonna happen yeah, i mean 14 year old me cast- watching the 2015 draft would be so happy I was so pissed when we passed on him twice. Oh, 67's legend, Travis Konechny. Didn't he get, he went to what, like Sarnia? Traded him to like Sarnia? Yeah, so he also, I was looking into this, this is like slightly unrelated, but he, like he went first overall to the 67's, I believe. And the 67's amongst other teams, that was the year that Sean Day went for exceptional status. And Day went like sixth in the draft, which I didn't even know. But anyway. Fun, fun facts. Interesting to see an exceptional status player go down that far down in the draft. And I mean, it makes sense now. Fun, fun OHL facts with Lewis. Yeah. Um, yeah, Travis Kodaki would be interesting. He he would probably come at, you would have to assume he comes at a lower cap hit than Fiala. I mean, yeah, not, o- yeah. not only that. More. Yeah. Yeah. Cap hit wise, but also like trade value wise. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't have a like. Fiel had something ridiculous. Don't quote me on this because I'm not sure. Something ridiculous, like 23 points in the last seven games to end the season or eight games. And it's just yeah. like insane. Like, you know how much that changes his, not only his contract value, but also his trade value. Yeah. Like well, I mean, that, that is a just, huge difference. Didn't he just have like only three goals in the first 25 games of the season or something ridiculous? And he still ended up. Yeah. He was struggling to score. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I remember looking like every time I looked at the wild score, Fiel had, every goal for the team and i was like are you kidding me he's gonna cost us the entire farm system plus our next three firsts oh no better players here <laughs> as you can see it's a very polarizing discussion here on the Zoopcast cast with kevin fiala um but we'll see what happens man i mean well well one thing while we're on the topic of minnesota we should bring this up 
Our last no, episode. No, 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 no. We have to own it. We have to own it. <laughs> our last episode was our playoff prediction episode, which what I will say is we actually did a pretty good job predicting the matchups because they weren't even set yet. I think we got all of them right. We got yeah, them we all right, including yeah. home and away. That's like a I clap. Believe. That's a clap. Good that's for great. us. Let's go. Yay. Um, that's good. That's a pro. That's a pro for last episode. Wait, no, hold on. That wasn't last episode. Last episode was Sen's like two episodes. Two episodes, two episodes. Two episodes ago. Same thing. Uh, whatever. Two episodes ago. Clap. Good job. Uh, that's a pro. Con. <laughs> we predicted a. Uh, we tried to go, you know, a little unique. We tried to be unique. We tried to go like off the rails. Like if we get this right, we're a genius. Um, now what sucks about that is we didn't consider that if we get it wrong, we look like huge dumbasses. Um, and Minnesota, we had predicted to beat St. Louis in, uh, in, in four games, in four games. And, uh, I stand by Minnesota in five now. And okay. Well, they lost four, nothing to St. Louis and gave David Prawn four points last night in game one. Uh, so that prediction has gone to shambles almost immediately. You know what else is funny about yesterday is I think every single one of the teams that we predicted to win the series lost. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, look at that. So that's just really... <laughs> that's yeah. take, we, we take, take Boston, Boston over Carolina. Yeah, yeah we yeah. take Boston. So that's just an unreal start for us. Like, that's just fantastic. It's great. You can tell that we're experts because we got that all wrong. Like, every single one was wrong. Oh, one game. One game. Which already ruins one series, but oh well. Minnesota in five, let's go. Anyway, uh, back to the matter at hand. Yes, Kevin Fiala would be a great get. Konechny's an interesting name. Uh, but it. we'll see where the Seds go. They have a long offseason ahead of them, and they're going to be a busy one. And I'm sure we won't hear any kind of concrete decision, rumor, whatever, anytime soon, at least until the playoffs are done. Um, but it's always fun to speculate. So we'll see what happens on the top six front. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you could add, you, you know, they want a top 4D and some people are saying that that's going to be Sanderson. And if you listened to yeah. Pierre Dorian talk about <laughs> Sanderson, you would think that he's already in the hall of fame, but you know, either way, uh, Sanderson also suffered a setback on his injury, like re-injured his wrist or whatever. Um, he's going to be out six more weeks, which kind of sucks, but you know, like whatever. I mean, I honestly, at this point, I think it's all about next year anyway. So not too concerned about that personally. Um, but do you see, like, seriously, like, ignoring how much they're pumping his tires in the org here, do you think, Josh, Jake Sanderson is playing top four for the Sens right away next year and making an impact? Um, do I think he's going to or do I think he should? You could Which answer one? both. You're a big guy. You can do it. I feel, like they could both, I feel like they could both be yes. Like, I think they are going to do it. I think whether or not he's ready for it right away is not necessarily a yes, but I do think it will be. That was much more complicated than I need to make it. Nice. But <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, he'll be ready. I think it depends on his partner. Yes. If, they, if Zaitsev is still on the team, um, which I think we could also touch on that in a bit about yeah. um, Gary Ock's article about mm-hmm. Z- with Zaitsev in it. Um, if Zaitsev is his partner, I don't think he would do well in top four role. I think I don't know if I said this on the podcast or just the three of us talking. I think Holden would be a good partner for him. If you keep Shabbat, Hamanik, and Brandstrom Zub, and you can make that middle pair, Sanderson and Holden, I think that'd be pretty good. So yeah, I think he could be like the second pair lefty to start the year. And you'd have to think that that's, you know, for Sens fans, Louis, that's a pretty promising place for 
for him to start uh, because a lot of people, including Pierre Dorian, think that, you know, Sanderson is just going to pass Shabbat eventually for that first pair left D spot. Um, do you think he's going to ever do that? Or do you think he's just going to, there could be like a bit of a one-two there, uh, Evener or Shabbat's ahead? I mean, I, I don't want to rule it out. Like it definitely could happen. Right. But with the, with, with the way that uh, Dorian talked about the whole thing he said, like basically his pantheon of the defenseman gods while he's been here <laughs> has been Carlson Shabbat and coming up to Sanderson. So he never yeah. really implied that he would really pass Shabbat, but just that he would be up there. So it totally could be like a one-two punch kind of thing. And it seemed like that's what he was leaning towards. And so I, I still think, yeah, he's, as Josh said, he's probably going to play top four. He could end up being up there, but again, the expectations are super high and we don't even know who his partner is going to be, right? Like, yeah. That top four or top six that Josh suggested with Shabbat Hamannick, um, Sanderson Holden, and then Branstrom Zub would be super interesting. I'd love to see it. And the thing is, Dorian even said on top of that, they're still maybe looking at adding more top 4D, like another top 4D. That wouldn't be through free agency. He's been very wary of that because you'd, you'd have to overpay. But the, apparently they'll take a look and see who's available on the market during the offseason. Yeah, and I think the... I mean, uh, as far as signing UFA defenseman has gone, uh, not great historically for the Sens. Um, Mike Michael Delzato is definitely playing. That's for sure. He was um, fine this year. I didn't. Really he was. Have... He was fine. It's, you should give him the benefit of the doubt. I think it's it was actually kind of funny. We should mention he was waived after the last. He's game not of playing the year. for Belleville. Eh? And like he's he was not. Get, yeah, he yeah. declined to play for Belleville, which honestly I don't really sure. blame him. Yeah. That's. That's totally his right. And season's over. Season's yeah. over. Yeah, like go have go spend time with your family. Uh, so there shouldn't really be any bad blood there. Um, I'll be interested to see if he's even back with the team next year. I know he has a year left, but I can't imagine that relations are at an all-time high <laughs> right now between him and management. But we'll see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, that's. What, I mean, the defense will be interesting with Sanderson next year. Maybe we maybe we see Thompson come up at some point. JBD might come up at some point. Uh, Josh, did you want to say something else? Yeah, I just want to go back on like the Sanderson Shabbat thing. I was I've been on like the Sanderson could one day pass Shabbat opinion for a while. But one thing that I kind of just started thinking about recently is like how good can Thomas Shabbat be if he's not playing 26 minutes every game? Like mm-hmm. if this guy was down at like 22 minutes a night, he could probably be, you know, he already has incredible underlying numbers, like both micro stats and like just advanced team numbers. I just wonder if like okay, you take three four minutes off every game. Not only is he going to be less injured, so he can Put play more a good games. Partner consistently also, like, too. yeah, good partner helps. Yeah, and just like you know, not being exhausted at the end of every game, and then you know, back to backs are probably really bad for him. So, I think that could be a really really good and really dangerous one two punch on like two separate pairs, two separate power plays especially come playoff time when, you know, it's all matchup based, right? If you have two separate elite defensemen, it can be really, really good. And the thing about that is it kind of works hand in hand where when Sanderson comes in, let's say he plays well, they're probably going to give him more minutes. And if they're giving Sanderson more minutes, that means Shabbat is going to get, you would presume, a little less minutes, uh, which kind of goes exactly to the point of what you were saying is if he's playing a little less, he's probably more effective Plus, you can kind of get Sanderson in there and acquitted to the game. Um, so it, it might be a nice 
system for them to try out, but we will see what happens with Dorian and, and what DJ Smith wants to do with his decor come next season. Uh, speaking of the lineup for next season, we do know that a few people will not be back. Uh, we would like to say a fond farewell, our deepest sympathies. We're, we're doing a salute right now. You can't see it. Uh, Chris Tierney is gone, gone, but never forgotten. Chris Tierney, we love you. He's out. Uh, after so much content four, provided. So much content provided. Four incredible seasons with the Ottawa set. Was it four? It was four seasons. Uh, I think so. I, is he top 40 in, in the franchise oh, in points? Stop. No, not that. No, no, I need this. to check this again. again? Oh. <laughs> Chris oh, Tierney's gone. Uh, Victor Mete, uh, fond farewell to Victor Mete, who existed here for a while. He's gone. Um, Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis. We all love Tyler Ennis. He's the best to ever do it. He will not get a contract for now. Yeah. He will not get a contract for now. Not ruling it out. Maybe he comes back on another PTO. I don't know. Maybe he goes somewhere else on free agency, but don't rule it out. He could be back, but they're not giving him a contract right now. But the guys who are gone for sure, Chris Tierney and Victor Mete, uh, Louis, thoughts? <laughs> thoughts on oh. that? <laughs> I mean... I don't think anybody really thought they were going to be back. And yes, confirmation, Chris Tierney, currently 36th in team history in points. A true franchise legend. A true uh, franchise legend is departing us this season. You know what, what I shame. will miss the most is, I think, who was it? Was it Loxen's Monster on Twitter who used to post it? But he used to post like a tracker of where Tierney scored on his body from throughout the year. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, that was that was it. Hey, Chris Tierney provided the Sens community with so much content, like, you cannot hate this guy. He yeah. went out there and like he played and it was hilarious. And they had people, you know what? He got us through the years that have been terrible. So respect to Chris Tierney. I wonder, I mean, this is no disrespect to Chris Tierney, but I wonder if he actually does find another place to play. Uh, he probably will. I he think will. he'll get like a league men contract or something around there. Mm-hmm. We'll see where he ends I up. I think he'll get more than league minimum. Yeah. I think he'll get yeah. like over a million dollars. Yep. Tracks record, like yep. Stanley Cup finalist. Good Stanley Cup finalist. Almost True. fifty point score in twenty eighteen nineteen. It's true. With great us. bet. Great bet. Yeah, great bet. Uh, we know that that has a lot of value in this sport. So great bet. Um, but yes, Chris Tierney, Victor Mete are gone. Tyler Ennis, possibly gone. So what does this mean for the lineup? Well, you you think that you know Chris Tierney is going to be replaced by Shane Pinto, pretty much, right? Like, that makes the most sense there if you're doing a direct. Astelic. Yeah. Because Tierney was still playing fourth line by the end. So that's probably more like where Castlick's going to go. Because Pierre was talking about him. But I just mean in a roster spot, with respect to just the roster spot, do you think it's going to Pinto? Um, Victor Mete wasn't really a regular, so you can't really say someone's taking his place. Um, but it does mean that like the next man up on D is going to be like Lassie Thompson instead of him or JBD. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or JBD, which is a good thing, I think. Um, and if, and if Tyler Ennis got is, ends up not coming back, then that's definitely a spot for, you know, Castellick or maybe Sokolov comes up. Um, Parker Kelly, I guess Crochet. Parker Kelly is a full, a full time player now. Okay. Okay. Lewis. I'm Thomas so up. mad. Okay. Pierre Dorion went over all of the injuries th- like during his exit, uh, during his interview. He went over every single one to give updates, except for Angus. So we are in limbo in regards to whether he'll be able to play or not for Belleville during the playoffs. And I am just so He's disappointed. Louis, Louis hasn't talked in days. It's tough. We'll get, we'll get, he'll get through it. 
We'll we'll get we'll get you through it, Lewis. One day. He'll be back. I haven't had any Angus content this entire year. I, okay. Well I'm dying yeah. over here. It's gonna be a long, long summer for Louis. But uh we we hope Angus Crookshake comes back for our, our co host's sake. Um but we will see what happens. Uh yes, yeah, so Tyranny Mete not returning. And uh there are gonna be players that are returning though, believe it or not, to the Sens. And they need to be signed. And Josh Doris is the most prominent member of this group. And what I do think actually is what Dorian was commenting on this. He was commenting on the, uh, on the Norris negotiations. He said that Josh Doris, you know, they wanted to get something done in the season. And he says that, you know, Josh Norris wants to get this done right away and he doesn't want it to linger. And I think overall his comments were actually quite positive and optimistic compared to what it was with the Brady Kachuk negotiations last year. Um, I don't know. I mean, we, discussions on what we think the AAV and the and the length is going to be but it sounds like they both want to do it and that's really important uh Josh do you think this happens well before the Kachuk one happened last year yeah I mean I obviously hope so I hope that they can do it by the draft like that would be so good you know you have the the contract that contract done you have your what I think is their second line center signed, you know, long-term. And then you can look at trading for a guy like Fiala at the draft. Cause that, that big thing to do is behind you. So do I like, <laughs> I, I, I want to be optimistic. So I, you know, I'm going to say, yes, it'll be done by the draft. There you go. And that my, and my comparable. Yes. My comparable, which I think is a pretty good one. And I talked to Louie about it. Adam, I don't know if you were there when we talked about it is Kyle Connor. Yep, I was there. I think that is I think that's a really good comparable. Like I was actually just looking through scoring leaders for the last couple of years. So in that year, let me find it. Kyle Connor. He is he has uh, disappeared from me here. Sorry. Apologies. He had sort of sort of that similar stat line where he had way more goals than assists right in his contract year. Um, I think it's something like thirty-five goals, like almost I guess almost identical to Norris ended up getting like just over 7 million a year for what, six or seven years. I think seven, right yeah, around the same I age think it well. was like, basically like seven years, 50 million total. Yep. It, it was seven years, 50 million. Yeah. And he signed it after a, uh, he had, okay. So he had 34 goals, but he did have more assists. So he had 34 goals, 32 assists. Probably whereas Norris had, game, I think 35 and 20 games. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's the thing. So Norris did it. He had 35 goals in 14 less games, but he also had 12 less assists. So it's not a perfect comparison, but you're comparing guys who are, you know, very similar age, very similar trajectory with the AHL coming from the NCAA originally. So I think that's a really good comparison. Obviously, both, you know, you miss players. They both play for University of Michigan. Did Kyle Connor play for Michigan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh. Only for one season, but he was insane um, though. There, yeah, before. I think, I think realistically, that Kyle Connor contract is a very good contract. So it would probably be more than that. You might be looking at like seven years, closer to eight mil, especially because Norris is a center. So you know what? If they could do seven times seven point five, I would be very happy. Yeah, I, I'll be interested to see if it comes under eight, because we've had this discussion before. Mm-hmm where we're comparing it to the Kachuk contract. And, and I think, you know, we all agreed that he deserves probably more than what Kachuk is making. 
but he'll probably end up making less is I think what we kind of decided on. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I personally think it's going to come in around eight, maybe slightly below eight for AAV, um, which I'd be perfectly fine with personally, honestly, especially like, I mean, I keep thinking of it like the Drake Batherson contract is so good. Like we are so lucky that that got signed. Like say what you want about Pierre Dorian, but Oh my God, that was, that was just excellent negotiating. I don't know what he said. And if they were to bring in a guy like connecting in top six and like he found his groove again, right? Like his 61 and 66 points, sorry, 61 points in 66 game season. You have those two guys who are just, just over 10 million. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really good second line foundation, right? Where you're not paying too much and you can, you know, kind of swallow that little overpay on Kachuk's contract to li- just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Cause obviously if they bring in Fiala, that's probably yes. like we were saying earlier, eight to 9 million a year. Yeah. yeah. And bringing in that guy like Konechny, I guess it could, I mean, it's the same thing if they had brought in Fiala, but it allows you to have like a third line of like Joseph Formanton Pinto. and like Pinto, Pinto, which is great. Like, that's I think great Connor Brown's line. gone. Connor Brown. Year. And that, yeah. I think Connor Brown, yeah. Great guy, but they need a different um, redhead number 28 right winger. <laughs> So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, yes, we will see what happens with Connor Brown. But uh, besides the Norris extension, Dorian made some interesting comments about Rick Brandstrom. He said that Brandstrom was, what did he say, the most improved defenseman on the team, I think he said, yeah. um, which was interesting for him. I mean, obviously, if you're Dorian, you're, you probably got a bit of a soft spot for Brandstrom just because of what you traded to get him and you like really want to see him what succeed. What he said after. Well, and what he said after, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, but I mean, Bradshaw's had his up and downs this year. I think he's overall like he definitely has improved. Like I definitely agree with that. And he also did say on the topic of contract negotiations that they're like they've had made contact with Bradshaw's camp, um, and it doesn't sound like that's going to be too strenuous of a negotiation. Not that it really ever seemed like it would be. Um, but Louis, we were talking about this in the car ride home from our beer league game yesterday. I mean, wouldn't it make sense? I mean, you at least you thought it would make sense to give Bradship something like three years at a million or something or, or just over that if you think that that yeah. would make sense. Yeah, you're hoping because I, I don't think Branstrom has a ton of leverage right now. And it seems like Pierre's really, I wouldn't say turned a corner, but really like started believing in him like towards mm-hmm. in terms of what he's done towards the, this year. Sure, he had like a little bit of a rough stretch like the mid end of the season. But part of that was because he was paired with Josh Brown for a long period of time. And then he got back up with Zub when Shabbat was injured and, you know, he was playing great. So if you can lock him up to something somewhat low in terms of AAV and get him for like, like two or even three years, because even if you give him three years and he like, you know, kind of tanks a little next year, then that's only two years that you have to trade away after that, which you can kind of still experiment. I don't think you're close. To, you're just cl- so close to the cap that you can't swallow that for another right. year or so before trading it. So, I at this point, and, and it, then if if he pops off, then boom, you're set with a great defenseman for another like two or three years. So, it seems like a no-brainer. Moving on from defense to goalies, uh, Pierre Dorian called Anton Forsberg the MVP for the Sens this year, which. I actually don't think it's that outrageous. I think that's that's probably actually pretty fair. I think you could give it to, you know, I, I bet if Drake Batherson played a full year at the pace that he was going at, he probably gets it. And Maybe. that's exactly what Pierre said. <laughs> yeah, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, you know, Norris had a great year. 
Uh, Ron Shabbat had a decent year until he got Timmy injured. in the second half. Good Lord. Timmy was fantastic. Um, so he gives Anton Forsberg the team MVP. He has that three-year contract. The goalie situation next year is going to be quite strange because to, to contextualize it a little bit, you have Anton Forsberg, who is going to start the first year of his three-year contract. You have Philip Gustafson, who is on a one-way next year, making like essentially league men, but that's beside the point. He's on a one-way, so he's got to be he's got to be up there. And then, you know, believe it or not, they do they still do have Matt Murray on the team. And you know, I I wonder how they're going to roll this out with three goalies next year. Um, I, I mean, I guess the good thing is this kind of gives you a concrete like you have. So guard now as the starter in the AHL with no chance of Gustafson going down and like stealing, well, quote unquote, stealing starts from him, um, which I think is good for Sogard. But are you comfortable, Louie, with the Seds running a three goalie system with those three guys next year? I don't know. I mean, you don't really see it that often. And Pierre was yeah. pretty adamant about how it could really help us because, I mean, I guess you could get injuries. And that's where that would really shine. But given, you know, that Matt Murray is one of your guys who like, you'll probably have some injuries in there. So I ideally, personally, I just run with Forsberg Gus and then see if you can find a suitor for Murray, which I don't think will happen or would even be an option, but Hey, you got to look around and yeah, Forsberg has played his, his way into the starting role easily. And Gus, I mean, Pierre talked about it. he, He's been really solid at the end of the year, whether it's um, his last few games in the NHL. I think we're okay. I don't remember super well, but the end of this last month was like kind of a fever dream, honestly. It was. And yeah, then I agree. He, he has been playing well in the A and hopefully he'll keep it. Is he, is he starting or Sogard starting for the playoffs? Do we know for Belleville? I think Gustafson is. Okay, good. I, that's all it, I, it's, it's going to be interesting. When does that series start? Cause it's tonight? a three game. Oh, it's not tonight. Really? We're recording this on a Tuesday, by the way, Tuesday, May 3rd. I'm I, I, today, tomorrow. Okay. Tonight That's tomorrow. going to be a big series. It's true. Yeah. And another thing Pierre said is that one of the biggest things that they felt they were robbed by during the pandemic was that generational team that they had in Belleville, quote unquote. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that wasn't able to make any, like uh, any sort of attempt at the playoffs. They lost a ton of experience in terms of playoff games and he feels like that really hurt them in terms of possible experience gain. So it's going to be nice to be able to finally see that Belfield's never played a playoff game before, right? Never. Nope. So yeah, tune in tomorrow or tonight. We'll, we'll see. Eh? Yeah. You could figure it out. <laughs> We're not going to tell you. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. The goalies next year, like the thing is, you know, you did touch on it. Like three goalies really shines when there's injuries. And the thing about Matt Murray is, you know, He's gonna get injured. Like let's let's assume he's probably getting injured, and then at that point it's, a, you know, you have Forsberg and Gustafson, which is a, a tandem that I think most people probably feel pretty confident about at this point, especially Forsberg with the way that he, you know, played from the halfway point on. Of like it can't really be you can't really overstate how good Anton Forsberg was for the Sens past January. Like it's actually quite remarkable. I think he was like he was like top ten or top five and goal save above expected top five in the whole 60, league. Yeah. In the whole league, like that is crazy. And one thing we should, you know, give our due diligence to Matt Murray. Bef- before he got injured, he was playing quite well in January. Like he had like a 9:30 for a bit, 
Yeah. Right. Up until like, the uh, the Arizona game or whatever the hell the game was before that, yes. when his safe yeah, percentage yeah, yeah. absolutely tanked. We we don't that Arizona game was also a fever dream. There was a lot of fever dream in the last. I could say this season, but really in the last like five years, like oh my god, There's so many moments where like what the hell was that? Like how did I that mean, even happen? Yeah, didn't I think I don't remember was it Steve on Sands or something posted like the roster from the 2018-19 season? And looking back, that's like what the hell was this <laughs> team, man? Good yeah. lord. Yeah, yeah, the Sands have been through it, man. But uh, but yeah, as far as goaltending goes. I don't know. I think three goalies is fine. I just really hope that, you know, they ride a hot guy, whoever that ends up being, and they don't try to like, you know, if we're we're past the point of like, oh, he needs to get his starts. Like, no, like if you're the best goalie, you should be playing most nights. Like, I I don't I just hope they don't go into this thing where they need to they just decide that they want to give people starts just to give them starts. Um, but we'll see what happens next year with uh how the goaltending rolls out and I guess one, you know, the big event for the Sens in this off season coming up before next season is the draft and the draft lottery. When's the draft lottery? We talked about, I was about to say before. that's coming in soon. Next we week. definitely had yeah. the same discussion. Is it exactly a week from now? Pretty much. Let's check my calendar, yeah. which I really hope. I Cause you did, add, you did add it this time. We were talking about this, like, one or two episodes ago, I'm pretty sure you checked if it was no, on there it's before. It's May 10th. Yeah, so May- it's a week from the day we are recording it. Okay. Wow. Okay, well, I'm working during the draft lottery, so that sucks. But anyway, <laughs> draft lottery is May 10th. Uh, the Sens, so I believe the odds are, the Sens can fall no further down than ninth. Yeah. And they could still win. Like, and no they have further up than one. Cannot go further up than one, it's true. That sucks, but oh well. Um. So they could get first. I think they could get. What are the places? They get first, second, and then seven, eight, nine. Those are yeah. the only places they could go. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, getting a first or second would be pretty cool, but mm-hmm. probably incredibly unlikely. So I mean, we'll see how the balls uh, how the balls bounce there, but we'll see. Uh, assuming that they're playing, uh, we're going to do like a more in depth draft ep- draft episode later, I'm sure. But Josh, just quickly, if they're picking. Around seven, eight, or nine, who are you? Who are just a couple of names that you think they should target in that area? Um, yeah, Frank Nazer's a guy if they're going for forward. Yes, um, please. That I wouldn't mind. I think Cooley will be gone in the top three. Someone said Connor Geeky is kind of like this year's Logan Brown, which is funny, but also not like that bad of a take. That's so true, that's yeah. a guy that I wouldn't necessarily love at that spot. Right. I think that's a pick that you package for Fiala if, uh, if you don't win the lottery the draft lottery, I think you package it up for Fiala. And I think that's something that Dorian would totally look at if it's not one or two. I think he had a quote, something like, if we win the lottery, we're not trading the pick, which doesn't rule out trading the pick if they don't win the lottery, right? Yeah. So no, I'm not saying I don't want them to win the lottery, but I think the almost, I'm using air quotes, I do this every episode, the almost worst case scenario would be winning the lottery, but winning the second overall pick. You're missing out on Shane Wright, and then there's a huge, in my opinion, there's a there's a tier in between Wright yeah. and the next player, right? So you don't get the first pick, but they're also not going to trade second overall for Fiala. Because I think everyone from two to maybe all the way up to ten could be considered in the same tier. Yeah. Right? So I think you either hope for first overall or trade it, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty big... I mean, drop off not only from one to two and the rest, but it's a pretty big tier after that. And even then, it's still kind of fluid, kind of dripping into the teens and maybe even the early twenties. So it's it's not a crazy big advantage. 
there was some discussion on Sens Twitter, like, okay, well, if the Sens win the lottery, what do you do? Because you have Stutzla, Norris, and Shane Wright. Like, that's a lot of guys. You pick Shane Wright. <laughs> and, like, no, no, everyone was saying you pick Shane Wright, but they were saying, what do you do? Like, you have three centers that aren't, obviously, none of them are third liners. Shane Wright's a guy who comes in, probably projects as, like, a, a Stanley Cup team's second-line center, ideally. Like, not your first-line center, but your second-line center. Very, very good defensively going to score a lot of goals. Stutzla has been much, much better as a center. Does that mean you try and put Norris on the wing? But you're, yeah. you're about to pay him, you're about to pay him 35 to 40 goal center money in the off season. Right. So do you, now do you wait till after the draft to see if Norris is worth that much? If you win draft lottery, which is only a week away. So it's not that, that far, but that would winning the lottery would change a ton of the outlook for, you know, who they're going to trade for and where guys are going to end up be very interesting, but 6.5%. I don't think we're banking on it. Yeah. I was, I was about to say, you can't just assume <laughs> Ottawa's going in there. I'm not assuming. Yeah. We're just saying like, what if that happens? Because yeah. this is a one draft where if it happens, it almost messes up the plans they've been working towards yeah, in yeah. a good way, messes them up in a good way. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens to the draft lottery. I think the Sens, I mean, in the past, have been like royally screwed in most draft lotteries. Like every single one, I think they've moved down. <clears throat> Excuse me. So stati- statistically speaking, they are due. They're due to win it. That's what I. That's the. That's the attitude. Because that, that is how odds with. work. Woo. Yep. I. This is why I'm a communications major. <laughs> Who saw the tweet? Um, it was. I, I hate when I do this because I don't give credit to the person who made the tweet, but it was like it's written in the stars that they're going to win it because 6.5% is Carlson's oh, number. Yes. Six minus too. five is one. I First thought overall was like yeah. so many reaches, but it was very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I am excited. It, it is sad that it's like the fifth year in a row that we get super excited for the draft lottery, but yeah, I wouldn't say super Whatever. excited, but yeah, I still think 20. The one I wasn't excited for was when Colorado had our pick. Yeah, that, I wasn't <laughs> yeah excited that's true. For that. But yeah, we'll, uh, I mean, yeah, the draft lottery, we'll see what happens. It's always, you can never really get your hopes up too high because you will get crushed and suffer eternal pain because your team dropped three spots. But we'll see what happens with the draft lottery. And then I think what we're, we're going to do once we know, um, once we know the position and the outlook of the draft, we'll do a draft episode and we'll go over everything. Um, and one last thing before we go here that we're going to touch on. Is, this is actually, I found this kind of funny. The, in Pierre Dorian's media availability, he told us which, or I guess, yeah, he told us which senators are going to the worlds. Um, and here's the list. There's five, five of them, I believe. Is there five of them? Yes. Uh, uh, six. No, yeah, no. There's, there's, no. Is, is Brown's not going? Oh, why is he on the list? Oops. I don't know. Okay, Louis messed My up. Bad. There's five. Maybe it's Josh Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's five, five players. Okay, Batherson, yeah, obviously. Thomas Shabbat, of course, he's great. Uh, Tim Stutzel, obviously, he's going to go for Germany. So that those three, gimme, easily. Uh, Josh Norris got asked, but he said no, which makes sense because of contract. Kachuk, he wants to, to have an offseason. He's probably hurt. Totally fair. The last two members of your Ottawa Senators, they're going to the <laughs> World Hockey Championship, representing their country at the highest, well, at the highest level, is prolific goal scorer austin watson for team usa 
and crystal god maniac super awesome adam godette hockey god yes hockey god g-a-u-d is going also for the states i guess um congrats they must have had so many rejected invitations you know what you know what maybe i put brown on there because it could be logan brown because at this point who knows yeah seriously that's gonna be to be fair like they basically replaced norris and kachuk who would have made team usa with goddard and watson (laughs) from the same and it's massive goddard and watson are much better players than we will ever dream of being but it's true that's a massive downgrade It's going to be funny, I think, if... I don't know what the groups or the schedule looks like, but if if USA plays Germany and, like, Watson, like, runs Stutzel, <laughs> that's going to be so funny. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch to see Austin Watson play. I think that's going to be hilarious. We need Austin Watson well. to... Uh, we need Austin Watson to hit Stutzel and he falls easily. <laughs> it's like team-on-team dive uh, yes. allegations. Yes, exactly. Um the world's that's gonna be a fever dream too. Like that, the team Canada. That, that tournament have, always is, bro. Uh, I know. Like, yeah, you got Shabbat Bathurst on Team Canada. Stutzel is gonna try to carry Germany as far as they can go, and then Godet. What if they they might play freaking first line at this point? Godet and Watson on. I don't know who is on that team, but well, we know Godet's gonna be their number one shootout guy. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, he was 100 percent this year, I think. Yep. So you just can't can't beat that. Um, and yeah, just on an earlier note, the Belleville game is tomorrow. If you've stayed this long and still don't know, um, so I mean, it might be today when you're watching. Might be today when you're watching. It's on. It's on Wednesday. It's on on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So Wednesday, uh, May fourth. Wednesday, May May the fourth be with you. By the way, uh, Lewis, I know you're a big yeah. Well, May the the fourth guy. Well, not really. What do you mean? Yeah. You want to may you want to may the fourth be with you tonight at the Rogers Center for the Blue Jays? <laughs> yeah, I'll Louis, drive down. Louis got know. a Louis got a stormtrooper in his car. Of course, he's a big. Oh yeah, I guess we do. Yeah. Oh, we we have a game tomorrow, eh? A beer league game. So. Oh, are we showing up with like Star Wars outfits? Let's bring lightsabers. <laughs> we play with lightsabers On the ice, instead of sticks. Yeah. yeah, sure. Then they can't. What are they gonna do? Like, let us. You know, they're they're gonna be like, oh, that's awesome. Let these guys, these guys go. No, we'll just semi final game. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we we'll we'll make a separate Flossing Kachucks podcast one day, but that's not the time. Uh, as of right now, we will say goodbye. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week with a, a new off season themed episode. We've got a lot of ideas in the tank here that we're going to get through this summer, so we're excited to roll out this content over the next few weeks. So it should be fun. Hopefully you stick with us and uh, I hope you have a nice rest of your evening or your day, whatever time of day it is for you. Take care, everybody. Bye.